0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. You know, I I feel like uh, today you really felt the influence of sport in this city, did you not? On your way to church, you didn't know why, but that's why people are in costumes all day. You walk through the streets, and there's people wearing costumes all over the, the city because of the Rugby Sevens championship that's happening just down the street. We were on our way to church. I saw a group of people all dressed up together. Then I saw a panda walking with a with a milk cow. And, uh, and then I saw a couple people. I'm like, wow, they're dressed up as church musicians. And it was Serena and Kevin walking with guitar gear down the road. I'm like, that is the most convincing costume I've seen all day. It's amazing the influence that that something as simple as sport can have on our life. Is it not? It's unbelievable that they, they, you can feel the lift or the, you know, the anxiety of a group of people come on based on, on the way that their sports team is doing. Anyone feeling good about the Canucks this year? Some people, you know, a couple weeks ago they were feeling a little bit better, now not so much. You know, a lot of things can influence us. What about weather? Weather's got an influence, doesn't it? You look outside, you see that sun shining, you're like, it's going to be a good day. And uh, I don't know that many people are like, oh, gray is my favorite color for days. right? I'm so excited. It's going to be super gray today. Uh, things like the amount of rest we have has a big influence on our life, doesn't it? There was a time change today, wasn't there? Did anyone not know your phone just did it on you? And they're like, that's why I'm tired. It's funny. I hear people like, oh, we're going to lose an hour of sleep. Not true. Not true. You just chose not to go to bed early. Think about it. We're like, oh, it's taking away an hour of sleep. No, you can just make the choice to go to bed. I actually like this time change better than the fall one. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I like what it does to the day. I like just getting after it on a Sunday morning. I also like that tonight, if you go to bed at what feels like your normal time, or like, or if you go to bed what the clock says is your normal time, you are going to bed an hour early today. You're all being responsible adults today by just going to bed at the normal time. It's amazing the influence that, that something like the amount of rest we have can have on our lives. How about the influence of, like, smell? Smells influence influential, like good or bad, right? You ever walk by a Cinnabon, right? It has an amazing the things that influence our life, the things that actually, like, ha- ha put some weight behind or steer our lives or, or give us some clarity about what the next step in our lives would be. For good or for bad, we've got a lot of influences in our life, and none more profound, I believe, that, than the people that we, we do life with. People are influential, aren't they? You got people in your life that, that simply seeing their name show up on, on a notification, you don't even know what they texted yet, but you're already smiling. Am I right? And you probably have some people that give you a different kind of reaction when you see their name on your notifications before you even read the message. People are influential for good or for bad. It's why the people that we surround ourselves with are so important to where our life ends up going. Like like you've heard it said before, maybe show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That you can see based on, on the people that you are doing life with, there is an influence to be had. And it's my conviction, it's my belief that every person who can hear me speaking today, that God has called you to be influential. That he's actually positioned you in in the life that you're living right now, not only just to exist, but to live and to live in such a way that you have an influence on the people around you. I believe with all my heart that your family will be influenced by your presence in your family. That your neighborhood, like the place that you live, even down to the simplicity of how you interact with the, the people who live in your neighborhood, will be influenced by your presence there. Whatever coffee shop you choose as your go-to spot, your third space, is influenced by your presence there. Your school, your workplace, your sports team, where you are makes a difference. In fact, your presence here today is influential on the atmosphere in this room today. Like like you and I are what makes this, this church a special place. That God is here because we're here. Do you know that's true? Like the spirit of God, he's, he's omnipresent, meaning he He is all places at all times. And yet there's this special thing he says that when two or more gather, I'm there. Where God's like, he's attracted to unity. He's attracted to togetherness. And so you have an influence by your presence in this place. And so this whole month we have a collection of messages around this theme, influencer. I'm trying to figure out what it would be if God's calling us to be influential, then what is he calling us to. Let's pray, and then let's dive into this week two of this series. Jesus, I ask that you'd speak to us in these next few moments, that there'd be succinctness and clarity of thought, and that it would lead to profound application in our lives, that we would put into practice what you're calling us to. In your name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. I wonder, could somebody grab this, uh, this pulpit for me? We're getting used to a new, a new pulpit built by my dad, which is pretty awesome. He's amazing, and uh, so we're just getting used to a new, a new place to set my Bible today. I do have some notes I wanna share with you today, and so I'm gonna ask you, maybe you don't have a, a pulpit to set them on, you don't have a desk to set them on, but I'm gonna ask you to pull out a, a, a note in your phone or pull out a note. Do you know that this whole series of, of thoughts, this collection of, of messages is built on, on the thought that Jesus described himself as the light of the world, Like, nothing is more influential in a dark place than light. In a a pitch black room, the smallest of lights actually influences everybody in the room. Everybody takes note of the light that shines. Everybody in that space has an opinion to be had about the light that has just shone in the room. Jesus said, not only am I light in the room, I'm a light of the world. Uh, Like, the most influential character in all of history, the light of the world. And then he said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. In other words, commissioning you and I with this call that we would reflect his light. That we wouldn't try to replicate and reproduce and be as holy as Jesus is on our own effort, but by his grace and through faith that we would reflect his light and be influential in a dark place. You know what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 3? It says, here's the verdict. Light has come into the world. That's Jesus. But the world actually prefers darkness. You know, the truth of the matter is the easiest way to live our lives is to live in the shadows. The easiest way to live our lives is actually to resist light, to live unnoticed, quiet, uh, insignificant lives. But God has called you and I to shine like the stars in the heaven. He described it this way. He said, you are like uh, uh, a city that's placed on the top of a hill. So everybody in the vicinity can see your life because I've positioned you as a city on a hill. Or you're like a candle in a dark room. Nobody would take a candle that is supposed to illuminate a room and then put a bowl on top of it, snuffing out its light and and blocked up the world around you. You and I, not because of our effort or our energy or our pedigree or our intellect, but because of our willingness to reflect the light of Jesus in this world. He's called us to be influencers. In fact, the, the the verse that continually resonates in, in my heart and mind, and is ringing through my 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 mind, my spirit over these last number of weeks, is out of First Peter, First Peter chapter three and verse fifteen, where Peter says, "This always be ready to give a reason when everyone asks you this question, where do you get your hope?" Man, what a great thought! That that in our life, in our world, people ought to be asking us regularly, where does your hope come from? And you don't have to have all the answers, but you do need to have this answer. You don't have to have the answer to every possible question, but this is an answer that you and I ought to pre-think. How do we answer that question when people ask us, where do you get your hope from? I'm asking myself continually, are people asking me that question? Is that a normal question that people ask me? In hopeless situations, where does your hope come from? In fearful situations, where does your peace come from? intense situations, where does your wisdom and perspective come from? In, in harsh situations, where does your forgiveness and love come from? That we would be ready with an answer when people ask, where do you get your hope? You know, this week, particularly across uh, the the media outlets of our world, there is reason for people to be suffering with a lack of hope, a, a state of, of fear and anxiety as a as, uh, Illness, the coronavirus, you know, is, is now reported in about 100 different countries. And if we're not careful, we can go down a, a hole of just like all of the dread and all of the fear and all the anxiety that can come with heartbreaking circumstances that people are facing. And, and I, I think this would be a moment for you and I as, as people who trust Jesus to actually be differentiated in a very unique way, to be hopeful in what looks like a hopeless situation. Now understand this, hope is not a debate of statistics hope is like the foundation for our hope would not be you know compare this sickness to that sickness and if you compare this stat to that stat and this age group to that age group and you know see there's no reason to to be concerned our hope was not founded in in science and our hope is certainly not founded in in media storylines how many people are, are grateful for that Come on, like our hope doesn't come. Hey, we just got a rule here. If someone claps, everyone claps. I heard one clap. We should all just join in, okay? Reason being, we would never want someone to feel like the lone clapper, right? No one wants to be the lone clapper. We just want you to know you belong here. If you want to clap, we're all going to clap with you. And think of our hope. Our hope doesn't come because, like, if today the headline was, "Guess what, guys? We solved it. We figured it out. There's a cure." That that's not where the foundation of our hope is built. The foundation of my hope is not that I I know what the future holds. Simply, I know the one who holds my future. And I know Jesus is for me, and he is capable of healing, and he is always willing to heal. And I don't know exactly what the end story will be as as people try to decide, like, should we still handshake or should we just throw peace signs? Should we gather or should we just, you know, watch online? All the things that that, uh, we face. But in the midst of it, we have an opportunity to be peaceful and hopeful. In the midst of every hopeless situation, the people of God have an opportunity to be differentiated and to be influential. God's called you to be a light in the world. He's called me to be a light in this world, to reflect his light and answer the question, where does your hope come from? So I thought today maybe one of the greatest things we could do is look at what I call the original influencer. If God's calling us to be influencers. Why don't we look at the original influencer? I was going to say he was OG, but he was OI, the original influencer. We're talking about a, a guy by the name of John. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to look at, at the life of a guy named John the Baptist, the original influencer. And I, I hope over the next few minutes, if you'll join me, to draw attention to a number of different points. Depending on how much time we have, I'm just going to keep on drawing points and applications that we can make if we are going to live lives of influence as well. Are you there? Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this, In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who is spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, and make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. "'People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins and then being baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these were people of different philosophical perspectives around religion, uh, they were coming to him to be baptized, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from this coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance.'" And don't think you can just say of yourselves, oh, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. The ax is already at the base of the tree, and every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize in water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I am, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Down to verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him. He said, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, that all there could be a fulfillment of all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water and had a, and, uh, a lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said this, Here's my son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. I mean, this pivotal, crucial, initiating point of Jesus' life and ministry is predicated upon or built upon the platform of a guy named John the Baptist, the original influencer. And I want to draw some, some connections that I believe are true, not only in John's life, but in ours as well. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, first thing that I think we ought to note, if we're going to be influencers for the message of of the gospel of jesus number one others may see that you're influential before you do now that's true others may see influence in you before you ever see it in yourself if in your life you've had a a number of people say man you're so encouraging guess what you're an encourager you not me i don't think i'm gifted that way it wasn't like it like i was just doing what anyone would do guess what you're living in your grace you're living in the influence that God has, has designed you to. If you've got a lot of people coming to you for advice, it just might be that God has called you to be a leader. When people are coming to you saying, I need, I need your perspective on this, it might be that they see in you some wisdom. It's often the case that, that people will note in us our ability to influence before we'll see it in ourselves. If we were left only to our own devices, I, I think that, that most people would probably feel that they would never qualify to be an influencer. I'm so broken. I'm so imperfect. I'm not there yet. I haven't figured out all the answers. I, I'm certainly not, you know, ascending to a level of any sort of perfection. And maybe it's either in humility or false humility. We think, oh, man, I'm not even close. But people might see it in you first. This is what happened for John. Do you know John? He's the son of a guy named Zechariah and, and a woman named Elizabeth. They were old. They lived blameless lives and yet were barren. They had no, no kids. Their only dream, their only goal was the legacy that would come in having a baby. And so we see at the beginning of the book of Luke, Zechariah is in the presence of God. And, and, and Elizabeth says, if you get a moment with God, ask him for a baby. If you get a moment, just ask him this one thing. It's what we've always wanted. And so there in the presence of God, the angel says, says to Zechariah, your wife's going to give birth to a baby. And he's like, well, let me just read it to you. Bible can say it better than I can. Go there with me in the book of Luke chapter 1 if you could. Luke chapter 1, what an amazing introduction. What a baby, a great baby announcement. Zechariah could have just filmed this and put it on Facebook. It would have been fantastic. He says this, uh, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. This is verse to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord your God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness to make ready a people who are prepared for the Lord. Before he ever saw it in himself, God was speaking influence over John's life. In fact, the Bible says when he was born, Luke chapter 1 down to verse 66, it says, Everyone who heard of this wondered about it and asked, What then is this child going to be? for the Lord's hand was with him. Man, other people saw influence in John before he saw it in himself. And you might be here today, and you look around the room, you're like, I can see about six or eight people that if I were God, those would be the people I would use. Guess what? You're the type of people that God uses. You are his type. I'm his type. Not because of my flawlessness. John had nothing to bring to the table. He was not yet conceived, and God already had a plan for his life. And the same is true for you. You are called here for an appointed time and purpose. The Bible says that that where you were born and in what generation you were born is part of the plan of God. You are here in the city of Vancouver in 2020 for a reason. God's called you here. He's got you here on purpose. He's got you here on of influence that is around you. And others may see it in you before you see it in yourself. Taking notes, number two, second thing you need to know. You need the Holy Spirit more than you think you do. You need the Holy Spirit more than you think that you do. I I, I think often we we hear statements like this, like, man, if I'm ever going to live my purpose and really, you know, live my my best life that God's called me to, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit. Guess what? I need the Holy Spirit to go to Costco. Like to stay holy in Costco when people are fighting over toilet paper? My goodness. Man, I need the Spirit of God. If I'm going to live like Jesus in the most mundane, normal parts of life, I need His Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill anything, to be an influence. Elizabeth is pregnant with with John. He hasn't even been born yet. Mary, meanwhile, is pregnant with Jesus, who hasn't even been born yet. And the Bible says when, when they came together, Elizabeth goes, Whoa, guess what happened? When you came walking this way, the baby inside of me leapt for joy. And the Bible says that that moment he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Before he was even born, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Like we need like like this would be where burnout comes from. People go I'm called to be an influencer, I just don't have it within me. That's the truest thing you've ever said. We don't have it within us. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 15 Jesus is saying apart from me you can't do anything. Like it's okay and and, and we come along people say no, you are awesome. The truth is without God's power we can't make a difference in this world. We are just one small little speck of dust in in, in this whole You know, humanity. But with God, we can do all things. With God on our side, man, we can have an influence that lasts into eternity. With the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what what the Spirit's power works best in? Our weakness. Come on, that's an amazing thing. That God's power does its best work when we acknowledge that we're weak without him. In other words, God's power does the least amount of work when we say, I got this. I can do this by myself. I hope no one in here like, okay, called to be an influencer. I got this. No, 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 no. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be able to accomplish anything, we need the Spirit's power. If we're going to have any sort of wisdom for this age, we need the Spirit's power. If we're going to have any sort of, uh, of influence, we're going to need God backing us up. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Be, oh, yeah, but I I never planned to preach. You don't need the Holy Spirit to preach. The, the, like... The, like any more than you need the Holy Spirit to live your life. In fact, the best sermon you'll ever preach won't happen in a microphone. It'll happen in a life lived. The platform of your life will be the most significant platform that you ever stand upon. And if you're going to live like Jesus, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do so. You need the power of the Holy Spirit more than you think you do. Good news is, John said it, I baptize in water, but there's one coming. His name is Jesus. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So the same way that you get dunked right into this water, I'm a, like Jesus is about to dunk you right into his Holy Spirit, the current of his Holy Spirit flowing over your life, coming up out of that water, never the same. And then we see in Jesus that in his baptism, the Spirit descended upon him, and with it came the affirmation of God saying, here's my son in whom I'm well-pleased, and he's got something to say. Do you know the Spirit does the same for you and I today? It's God saying of your life, this is my child. I'm really pleased with them. And they got a message to say. And it's not brought up out of their own concept, idea, and power. It's, it's me descending upon them. It's the power of the Holy Ghost upon them. If we're going to be influencers, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, if you're taking notes. Number three, I think it's important. Be yourself. Come on, be yourself. If you want to be an influencer, you don't have to fit someone else's mold. If you want to be influential for the kingdom of God, you don't have to just do things the way they've already been done. Be yourself. Think of this. John was the son of Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest. Zechariah's dad was a priest. His grandfather was a priest. His great-grandfather was a priest. His great-great-grandfather was a priest. His great-great-great-grandfather was also a priest before him. His great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was a priest. It was normal for John to ascend into the priesthood. Everything in his pedigree would have told him that that's the way to do things. But what did John do? He wore camel's hair and a leather belt. (laughs) He was no fashion blogger, okay? And and, and by the way, the camel hair that he wore was similar to that that Elijah wore 800 years before. Like he he was not in vogue, okay? He was way out of season. But why? John's like, I just like camel hair. Like the way it feels on my skin, I don't know. For some reason, he like wearing camel hair, and there was nothing like when the angel told Zechariah, "Your son's going to be filled with the Spirit and set apart and have a purpose." He didn't mention anything about camel hair, and yet the first thing the Bible mentions, like then there was John preaching repentance in his camel hair and leather belt. Why well, I think all I think is making this statement, John was himself. John wasn't trying to conform. John wasn't trying to be something that someone else wanted him to be. He wasn't trying to look the part. He wasn't trying to play the game. You know that, you know that church can be a game, right? Like, like, this is not a game you want to play or win at. We want to be followers of Jesus, not just figure out the way to ascend through a power structure of human politics. We want to follow Jesus genuinely, be influential, not for the, the case of things that make them unique. Think about that. Oh, if only my nose was a different size. Which size? Average. Sorry, you're bothered that you're not average. It's amazing how often we try, to, we try to hide the features that would make us unique, hide the things about ourselves that would actually make us stand out. Guess what? You can't be outstanding unless you stand out. And so down to the simplest things, don't put your effort and energy into trying to be what you're not. I've heard it said, God cannot bless the you you're pretending to be. Like, like God's hand is not upon you playing the game of charades that, the, that society has told you to play. Be yourself. Be, and so what? He ate locusts and honey. He wore camel hair and he ate bugs. Guess what? You don't have to do either of those things. That was John being John. You just get to be you. There's something to be said about being okay with the uniqueness of your storyline. Being okay that your story is not the same could it be that the differentiating power of the holy spirit upon your life will actually shine brightest off the the unique areas of your life could it be that that in the end what what is is noticed about you is not just oh, they were really weird it's that yeah they're different but there's also something different about them i think it's important for you and i that we understand that that uniformity is not our goal that god is calling us to uniqueness. He's calling us to be the people he's called us to be. And he will empower us even in that obscurity. So hey, crack out the locusts. Be yourself. Number four, if you're taking notes, if we're going to be influencers, similar to John the Baptist, making a, a way for Jesus. Number four, we need to connect with people's heart. We need to connect with people's heart. Interestingly, the mandate on John's life is that he would make straight paths. I hear that. I'm like, that's a really, like a landscaping type term. What exactly would it be to make straight paths? Well, in in that time and culture, Eastern monarchs, when they were coming into a new region to establish their kingship, to set up their throne somewhere, they would send people ahead of them to fix the road so that when the king was coming, the road was ready. Talking about road building, that they would come and instead of a crooked path that kind of went in and around and deviated around like stumps and rocks and ravines, and that they would make a straight path so that when the king came, it was a direct approach to the place where he would place his throne. Well, we'll get this, that Jesus, the, the, the kingship he came to establish was not into a, geologic, uh, a geographical coordinates. His kingship was not a kingship of Jerusalem only or Judea, the region. His kingship is one established in our hearts. And so the role that John the Baptist had and the role that we have as influencers is to make straight paths in the hearts of people, to actually hear where someone's coming from from their heart, and and then to address the thing that's on their heart. The simplest form of evangelism is not trying to convince people of your argument, but to listen to where their heart is at. And it's amazing because Jesus loves their heart and he wants their heart. And so there's actually a straight path from where their heart is to Jesus. We just have to make that path straight. And so you got John, think of this, to people who felt down and out, like they had issues. John's like, guess what, guys? You can repent. And as simple as you getting dunked into water, you actually can be forgiven because the kingdom of God is near. Just straight, straight. You got a heart issue? No problem. And to people whose hearts were hardened, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, John still was after their heart. Still, he wasn't after their position when they came up. He said, guys, your hearts are like a brood of vipers. Your hearts are like a dying tree. You can't just show up here and think that you're perfect. You need to know that God is after your heart. And it's like there's an axe at your heart right. Don't, Don't just live on the fact that you're sons of Abraham. Understand this, like you need righteousness, and righteousness only comes through repentance he addresses the heart issue if we're going to be influencers we need to address people's heart the great news about this is is that that we don't need to have every answer for their arguments we just need to address their heart like like in my life this wouldn't be an exaggeration i've probably seen tens of thousands of people in their moment where they were coming to jesus over the years that like thousands upon thousands of times i've been in, in the room or in the conversation or in in the place where people were making decisions for Christ. And I just don't know any. There, there, there could be some. I just have never met one who's like, well, you convinced me. I guess I'll just serve Jesus then. Like I just have never met anyone who, based on, on, on like cognitive argument, they're like, well, I'm not feeling anything, but I guess, I guess you proved me right or you proved me wrong. Jesus must be true. Everyone, the Bible says, comes to Jesus when the Spirit works on their heart, when he calls their heart. Imagine this. Jesus said, therefore, I stand at the doorway of your heart, and I'm knocking. Jesus doesn't say, therefore, I'm standing on a, a platform chasing down your arguments, proving them all wrong. He goes, no, no, I'm standing at the doorway of your heart. I'm knocking. I know your name. And if you let me in, I'll come in. we'll spend time together. And all the answers to those questions will come through relational community with Jesus and with people around you. It, it's not the other way around. And so we need to connect with people's hearts. It takes the pressure off that you might not know every answer. But it's okay to to not know. It's okay to say I don't know. But here's what I do know. <sighs> I was lost, now I'm found. Here's what I do know. I was totally in darkness, now I'm like, well, what's God's opinion on this? I don't know. Not sure. Let's figure it out together. Let's study together. Let's try to figure that out, but I just need to know you're loved by God. You got grace. Number 5, if you're taking notes, these go hand in hand. Stay on message. Come on, stay on message. Don't don't get distracted. You don't need to have an, uh, be an expert on everything. Just stay on your message. What was John's message? Repentance. It was his only message. It was his opening line and his closing line. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And everyone who came, they came and he's like, guess what you need to do, guys? They're like, I know, I know. I've heard. Repent. Yep, that's right. They're no, like, yeah, I'm in. Then he just stayed on message relentlessly. No matter who, where you were coming from, it was his conviction and it was truth that we all need repentance. In the same manner, you and I need to stay on message. What is our message? Grace, grace, because you can't repent if there's not for grace. We don't repent, and then God goes, oh, I didn't want to forgive you, but now you you, you went through the steps of repentance. We receive it through repentance. So we stay on message with grace. A message of grace means this, that that because I've been forgiven, I have to forgive others. Don't always want to forgive others, but but, but I'm inconsistent with my message when when I, I go with, with bitterness, it just doesn't make sense. What does the message of grace say? Well, it says God can take broken things and make beautiful things out of them. So, in broken situations, I can't lose heart. If I'm going to stay on message, I have to believe because of God's grace, He can do something beautiful in His time. Because He makes all things beautiful in His time. So, I'm not going to get distracted and deviate from my message, which is a message of grace. Well, what's what's the message of grace to? To people who are are confused and broken and lost and well it's it's really consistent that there's hope for them. We need to stay on message. We not need not get pulled. It's one of the reasons why I am very cautious and careful that my life, my platform doesn't become about my political views or my opinions. That I don't waste the, the platform in my life on simply being right on a debate or an argument. That I'm not going to spend my time trying to, to, to arm wrestle someone in a in a, uh, a debate or conversation. There I win, but in winning, I, I l- became a loser. <laughs> you ever been there? Where you're like, "Why are we even fighting right now?" Because the only way to win this one is to be a loser. We need to stay on message. Number six. We got time for a couple more. Number six. Followers are more important than likes. Come on, if you're going to be an influencer, followers are more important than likes. Likes are cheap. Likes are easy. Likes are enticing. But followers are more important than likes. And imagine, imagine the pressure John would be under He's like, I'm just out here in my camel hair eating my honey, and people keep coming out and asking for some advice. And so I'm like, well, the only thing I know is repent. And they're like, cool, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, let's have a symbol. Like I'll dunk you, and it's the same way. You're just going to just die to that and then come alive. And it's been working, but now all these like power players are showing up. And they're showing up with arguments and they're trying to come in and and disprove me. And actually the king of that time hated John so much that he imprisoned him, later beheaded him. Like John did not have all of the the, the follower or the the likes that, that could have been sought after, but he stayed on task and understood it's more important that my life becomes about people following Jesus than it is about me always being liked. We can so easily capitulate in every stance, in every argument, simply to get people to praise us. Oh, my goodness, do you ever feel tempted? If I just said this one thing, people would applaud me. If I just, did, if I just didn't do this one thing, people would, would like me more. If I just, you know, deviate or just pretend, I fake it till I make it, I'll get the praise and the, the adulation of people, and I will get the, 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 the encouragement that I, I long for, the, the flattery that I, I feel like I need. But followers are more important than likes. In your life, the the, the legacy will not be, wow, liked by everyone. But it will be this person was an influencer. This person influenced people. And, and as people followed them, they found Jesus. As people followed your life, they found Jesus. That's going to be more important than everyone who met them liked them. You know, I think it's kind of a, a, an empty statement to make. If you met them, you liked them. It's not true. The most influential people got some enemies. The most influential people do have some people who... Simply don't care for them. Number seven, I'm gonna give you just two more today. Number seven, number seven, don't worry about every comment. I, I, I talk to people who have influence on different platforms and one of the commonalities of this they just can't worry about every single comment. You can't chase down every comment. Why did you say that and what did you mean by that? And what could I do to convince you otherwise? You just can't worry about every sort of comment. You gotta understand that the message God's put on your life is more important. Can't worry about every comment. Can't worry about every comment. Certainly, John was misunderstood. Certainly, there was times he was misunderstood because I'm just going to keep on hammering the same message. I'm going to try not to worry about that. Like, certainly, he was misunderstood at times. And number eight, lastly, write this down. Let me unpack it for a moment before we close. The link is in your bio. The link is in your bio. Like, the link to the message of where your hope comes from is in your bio, your life the link is not in in your argument the link is not in your presentation the link is in your bio it's just in your life and we look at as john's ministry is shifting and changing jesus ministry is also shifting and changing john's ministry seems to be on a little bit of a decline while jesus ministry is on an upswing so much so that john's disciples the people following john they're going john it's not right that jesus guy like you baptized him and now he is saying He's saying the same message you said. That's your message. He didn't even hear, John, that's your message. And now his disciples are baptizing people. Baptism is your thing. It's like this is like he, he's, it's intellectual property, and you're not getting the proper respect you deserve. He could at least tag you, right? And, and, and John says this John chapter 3 and verse 30. Let me read it to you. Just the most simple statement of any influencer. He said this He must become greater and I must become less. That's the the heartbeat behind an influencer for Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus has to become greater while I become less. Because my whole purpose, my whole mission was not that I could build myself platform but that I purpose of my life is not that Jesus would build me into an influencer so people would follow me but I will lay down my life as a platform for the message of God's grace to be placed upon so I need to become less so that he might become greater I've always been telling you there's one who's coming whose sandals I don't even deserve to deserve to carry and when I see him I say behold the lamb of God who was slain for the, the sins of the world my message has always been about Jesus my my life has always been lived for Jesus. And the link to Jesus is actually in your bio, in your life lived. And so be okay that people will visit your life, that people will see something in your life, and they'll find themselves clicking on a link that takes them way past you onto Jesus. In fact, Jesus says of John, he, he, it's like John credits Jesus, and then Jesus in that same setting, and you can, you can go read it for yourself. He's like, you, you guys need to know, there's never been anyone better than John. Like John figured this thing out. He is it. But, but when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, those who receive grace, even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. And it was like he maxed this thing out. He figured it out. He figured out you can't be righteous by the law. He did everything right, and, and it was repentance. But here I am. And I've showed up, and I'm about to pour my grace, and now everyone gets to live on a platform that, that John ascended. His ceiling became their floor. Like the, the, the heights that he ascended to became the, the platform that the next generation, the foundation that they got to build their lives upon. The same is true for you in your workplace, in your family, in your college. Right now in the sphere of influence you have, you and I have an opportunity to link people to the message of Jesus from our bio, from our life live. Let me pray with you. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.